This is Eric Zolke, Web Communications Manager at PRB. In an effort to harness the energy, imagination, and initiative of the world's youth in overcoming the challenges facing humankind, from enhancing peace to boosting economic development, the United Nations proclaimed an International Year of Youth starting on August 12, 2010. Under the theme, Dialogue and Mutual Understanding, the year aims to encourage dialogue and understanding across generations and promote the ideals of peace, respect for human rights and freedoms, and solidarity. To commemorate the close of the Year of Youth, PRB has produced a series of web articles, presentations, and graphics that highlight the reproductive health challenges facing youth around the world. Joining me on the phone to discuss the importance of involving youth in development programming is Kate Lane, Youth Advisor at USAID. Given that reproductive health constitutes a key component of a healthy transition to adulthood, USAID works to improve the reproductive health and HIV-AIDS knowledge and behaviors of youth. To encourage sustainability, USAID also supports community involvement and capacity building with young people so they can take action in the development of their societies. Hi, Kate. Hi. So to start, what is the significance of a proclamation like this for the youth development community? Well, I think that um, one of the great things about this is it's really very high-level and official recognition that there are 3 billion young people in the world today who are going to significantly shape the health and the prosperity of the world to come. And I think that's incredibly significant for the youth development communities. We've certainly been trying to make this case for years, and it's great that this is now coming out from the highest levels of the United Nations. Um, What I really like about this proclamation is its tone, Um, and I think so often in the past a lot of the language that we've used to describe the imperative to work with young people has been negative. It's really focused on the risks and the problems. And I think what we're, really trying, what we're really starting to see now is more of an acknowledgement of the inherent value of young people um, by promoting these ideas of dialogue and mutual understanding um, that we will be better positioned to achieve our global ideas of peace and human rights and freedom through solidarity because we simply have to realize we all have to work together as partners and colleagues and collaborators, adults and young people. I also like the fact that the language is, is active and, and not passive. Um, and it recognizes that youth are really capable of acting to positively influence the world that they live in and that they just aren't waiting around to be told what to do anymore. And with regards to International Year of Youth, uh, UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon stated that youth should be given a chance to take an active part in the decision-making of local, national, and global levels. So from your perspective, why is it important for development partners like USAID to work with youth, and how can development partners incorporate young people into their work more? Well, you know, we've been talking a lot here at USAID about how our work um, affects young people, and we really have come to the conclusion that so much of our program either directly, programming either directly or indirectly affects young people or touches them in some capacity. And and you really, how can it not when half the world is under the age of 25? Some people describe this as the youth bulge, and I actually prefer language which really describes this group as the demographic, demographic dividend Um, which can catalyze really powerful changes in society. Um, The World Bank has suggested that that with better investments in education, health care, and job training for young people, we could significantly grow economies and really reduce uh, poverty. And I think we're already helping our partners along these lines, and we will continue to strengthen our efforts at the global and the national level to help our missions better apply the lessons that have been generated from our own global youth initiatives and those of its partners um, and other donors and other organizations. Um, I think we're really, there's a real interest in thinking creatively and outside the box and how to better mainstream youth into our existing 
health programs, our workforce training programs, civic participation. But we definitely need to do more to move beyond seeing youth as kind of an add-on or a separate activity and do a better job of really incorporating a youth perspective in our programs from the beginning. I, th- I think there's a lot of this thinking is really in place, um, but uh, the, to the extent that we can really help guide and, and push this process, I think we can also learn a lot from our, our colleagues who have, have done a lot to advocate for um, improved gen- gender sensitivity and attention to women in programming. So I, I think we're, we're, moving, we're definitely moving in this direction. USAID's Office of Population and Reproductive Health has a significant technical role in the area of youth reproductive health. What are some of the activities uh, USAID has supported around youth reproductive health? Well, you, correct. We have um, implemented two global projects in the past. There was the Focus on Young Adults project that was awarded in um, the mid-'90s, and then that was followed on by the YouthNet project, uh, which ended in 2006. And so since the end of YouthNet, our office has really identified youth as a, as a key technical priority that should be addressed in all of its projects. And so a number of our global projects are implementing activities that address youth. And so, for example, PRB is playing a key role in supporting youth participation at the upcoming Family Planning Conference in Dakar, which is fantastic. Um, Family Health International manages the Interagency Youth Working Group, which has a very important knowledge management function. They keep us abreast of um, up to, um, innovative approaches and critical research findings. Um, so, and you can expect to see some new e-learning course, courses coming out of FHI in the next year or so on adolescent health. Um, Marie Stopes International and Population Services International have funds under the Supporting International Family Planning Organizations Project, and as they're getting up to speed this year, they are actively thinking about how to better reach young people through their programs and services. Um, Futures Group will be working with Molly under the HPP project to pilot decentralizing youth policy to the district level. Um, I think a number of countries have great youth policies on their books, but they've never really gone beyond the national level down to the districts to influence district-level budgeting and programming. So, you know, we're continuing to, to pay a lot of attention to young people, at least in the Office of Population and Reproductive Health. Um, I know the Office of HIV-AIDS is doing um, a lot of work with youth and their programming, uh, as well as other, you know, uh, bureaus within the agency. Just uh, to talk more about reproductive health, can you just uh, describe how reproductive health activities relate to other sectors that uh, affect youth, such as education and employment and so on? Sure. I mean, one of the main reasons you see girls dropping out of schools in developing countries is is due to either they're having to get married or they're they're getting pregnant. Um, And so certainly our ability to help young people delay pregnancy, but, you know, through improved use of uh, family planning services or or delay of marriage or helping young people develop the skills to be able to, you know, abstain from sexual activity are very important in terms of young people's ability to to complete their education. Um, Certainly early pregnancy is very much linked to poverty. Um, So efforts to help young women or young men to to develop workforce readiness skills can be derailed by uh, earlier unwanted pregnancy. But certainly around education and employment, I think it's very, um, very really important to help young people understand the importance of, of um, using family planning to become pregnant when they're ready to become pregnant. So PRB recently released a web article on the importance of investing in the millions of married adolescents around the world. What are some of the key elements and considerations for programs for married adolescents? Ah, yes, married youth. Um, the reality is is early marriage is still common in a lot of countries, and with early marriage comes early childbearing. You know, that once the girls are married, they're expected to 
demonstrate fertility either to their husbands or to their mothers-in-law, to the community. So the pressure is really on um, for, for the girls to get pregnant right away. Um, and they definitely fall through the cracks. A lot of the work that we've done with young people, um, you know, the peer education programs or youth-friendly service programs or sexuality education in the school simply aren't reaching these girls um, who are married and are not necessarily in these places where they could access this information. Um, I think we know that there's very high unmet need among married adolescents. Um, they'd like to delay pregnancy, um, or certainly if they're not able to delay that first pregnancy, they certainly would like to space subsequent pregnancies, but they're not necessarily reached in the clinics. Um, I think oftentimes providers sort of assume that a, a married girl, a married adolescent, is not going to be interested in talking about family planning, so they don't even bring it up with them. Um, you know, during uh, antenatal care or postpartum care, uh, the, the assumption is that the girls are in the business of family formation, and so they're not going to be interested in hearing um, discussions about the importance of, you know, using family planning services. But just from some personal experiences, um, both in some work that I did in Nigeria and then a, a recent trip to Tanzania, um, the, the girls are really, really keen to, to hear about family planning services and to, to space their pregnancies. Um, and it's important, certainly what we learned in Nigeria was the importance of, of reaching the husbands, reaching the mothers-in-law, reaching the community members. And since we were working in northern Nigeria, it was really important for us to reach the imams to help them understand the benefits, both the mothers and the babies, of their ability of helping young women to either delay that first pregnancy or certainly space subsequent pregnancies, that the moms were going to be healthier, the babies were going to be healthier and more likely to survive if the girls could space. Um, and then a recent trip to Tanzania, we, I was, we were very struck. We were in a, a rural clinic in, in um, northern Tanzania, and a lot of young girls, were, were early marriage is quite common, and there were quite a lot of young women in the clinics that we were going to who were coming in. They were, had, had their first child, and they were really very, very interested in getting implants. And we were sort of taken aback because, you know, most people assume that, you know, girls, teenagers aren't interested in implants. It's more of a, you know, sort of a longer-term method. They were very clear that they did not want to get pregnant again, and so you had this sense that this was really the tip of the iceberg, that this, these are the girls who are brave enough to come in and ask for an implant. There were probably a lot more girls in the community that uh, hadn't quite worked up the courage or didn't quite know how to navigate um, to get themselves into a clinic to ask for this type of a method. But even the providers were a bit surprised. I mean, they were going ahead and, and counseling and providing the services, but I think they were, this, is, this was sort of new to them. Well, we're, we're coming up to the... End of the of International uh -huh. Year of Youth. Um, on August 12th marks uh -huh. the official end of the International Year of Youth. So I'm wondering, how can we keep the momentum going? How can the international community work together to keep youth high on the development agenda? Uh, you know, that's, that's really a big question. You know, when I first moved to Washington, it was um, in 1994. It was the year of ICPD. And my, my boss at the time was very, very active at, at Cairo at really drawing attention to the importance of youth. And there was a huge youth forum that took place at the conference, and now we're coming up on 25 years, you know, after ICPD. Um, but we're, we're, I mean, we're 25 years into this, into this um, global emphasis on youth, and it's kind of waned, and it's, you know, at times it's waned, and at times it's, it's you know, sort of risen to the level of importance. Um, and right now there's a lot of attention that's being paid to youth, I think, in, in part because of what's going on in the Middle East. You know, there's a lot of talk about the Arab Spring. Um, and I think that is our challenge, is to how to really sustain this interest in youth beyond sort of international events. Oh, this is important this year. Oh, it's not so important next year. But I think increasingly people can't get be are having a difficult time getting beyond the fact that 
half the world's population is under the age of 25. There's a real imperative for us to be doing more to work with young people. But I think what will help us to continue the, um, the emphasis on, on working with young people is to really not simply um, to define the issue per se, but really coming up with very concrete solutions to improving young people's health, to um, engaging young people, you know, in a very positive way. I think we have to help provide very concrete guidance to governments, um, to NGOs, uh, about ways that they can really effectively work with young people. And we have a lot of lessons learned. We've generated a tremendous amount of information under these two global projects. And, you know, a lot of people have been doing a lot of great work on, on youth around the world. And we have to, I think we have to really sustain the momentum by by really focusing on applying what we know um, and going forward with that. And there's a lot we don't know, but there's a lot that we do know. And I think that to the extent that we can be applying that knowledge more effectively, I think we can um, help sustain uh, greater attention to young people. Well, this is, uh, you know, youth-related issues are certainly an area that PRB is continuing to focus on and will. So uh, thank you very much, Kate, for talking with us today. Not a problem.